Welcome to the Arise podcast. My name is Tanya Anderson. I'm the CEO here at Arise, and it's my pleasure to have with me today Becky Schaefer, who is a therapeutic writing instructor at Arise at the Farm. Welcome, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. So Arise at the Farm is one of the magical programs that we have. It's a 77-acre working horse farm out in Chittenango, New York, and we have a lot of different programs, and your focus is primarily on the riding. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So depending on the week, we usually have about 60 riders. Well, depending on the time of year, we usually have about 60 riders a week. Um, and we run adaptive and therapeutic horseback riding lessons throughout the week. Um, we have about 14 horses right now that we use in lessons, and we work with people of varying abilities. Um, and we do we work on riding skills. Sometimes we're working on fine motor skills. Um, and then other people we have working on jumping their horses. So we, we do a very wide range of um, skills that we do at the farm. So that's a lot of information. Um, we So our riding lessons are available to any person, any age, with any kind of disability. Yes. And you talked about adaptive horseback riding and also therapeutic horseback riding. What's the difference? So adaptive horseback riding is where we work with an individual with a disability um, to create a riding lesson program that can allow them to learn traditional riding skills in an adapted manner. Um, and the goal there is building on riding skill. Um, so it might be walking, and then we might work on steering, trotting, um, a variety of skills that you would learn in a traditional lesson barn as well. And then therapeutic horseback riding is where maybe we're focusing more on strengthening, a different strengthening. Um, uh, it could be leg muscle, anything, any part of the body that we need to work on strengthening, um, fine motor or gross motor skills. Um, sometimes we work with young kids and even just being on a horse, it actually simulates the movement of walking. And so we're allowed to, or not allowed, we're able to um, choose a horse that has a gait that can help um, one person more than another. So it's really interesting to see we have some horses whose gaits are more forward back and then some who are more side to side. And we evaluate this when we get a new horse. And then when we have a rider, we're able to see if they need assistance working on gait. Um, we can choose a horse. Maybe they need help more forward to back. And so we would choose a horse that has more forward to back motion. And you can see the difference from when they get on the horse to off the horse, how their gait improves. Um, and then the same thing, if they need more help um, with side to side motion, um, then we would choose a horse that has a more lateral gait. So it's a, um, there's a lot of different um, options there with therapeutic horseback riding. This is so fascinating because someone who is not a skilled instructor like you and not necessarily a horse person has no idea what is happening with a lesson because what we see is a person with a disability, sometimes it's a physical disability, sometimes it's a developmental disability or some other invisible disability, coming to a lesson, having a great time on top of the horse. Sometimes we have people who are sidewalkers that are assisting with guiding the horse. There's always an instructor there. And we don't see all of the planning and real skill that's happening. I do know that you work really hard to make sure that you're matching the horse 
with riders, not just based on the physical aspect that you've described, but also the temperament piece. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like people, there are certain people that just don't get along really well, and there are certain horses and people that don't get along really well. Um, and so we, when we first start a lesson, um, when we get a new rider, we do an orientation lesson and it allows that everyone gets to meet the horses and it allows us to kind of see what horses they might connect with better. Um, and we have certain horses that are, I mean, all of our horses are very calm, um, but we have certain horses that can handle, um, more noise and more, um, if it's a younger kid that is hyperactive and running around a lot, we have horses that handle that. Um, kind of excessive motion more than other horses and then we have some that really need someone that's a little bit more confident and a little bit more relaxed themselves and if someone's really anxious or nervous um, the horse is going to feed off of that so in that case we would put them on a horse that can handle that kind of energy Um, and horses are really mirrors of our own energy which is a it sounds kind of silly sometimes until you are able to see that yourself but Um, If you're around a horse and you are more anxious, the horse is going to feel that energy. And some of our horses, in reaction to that, are going to be anxious themselves. And you'll be able to see that they might be, uh, they might not want to stand still as much. They might be trying to get away a little bit. And it's, it's really interesting to be able to watch that and teach riders, too, to be able to see, hey, this is what's going on right now. Can you see that you're you're making your horse anxious too. And now we can look at this like, okay, we need to help the horse too here. And so we might help to regulate our own emotions. And in turn, we're able to see the horse relaxing. And you can visibly see that. And often when horses are relaxing, you'll see them licking and chewing. Um, They might put their head down a little bit. There's different body language things there that we can look for. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a biofeedback system there. Um, and it, it works as a mirror. So as someone, um, starts to relax, we can watch the horse relax. And one of my favorite moments too, is when I have someone get on a horse and they've been nervous and they finally let out a big breath and then the horse sighs and relaxes and stands there. Wow! And that's a great, that's always a great moment to see and have the riders recognize too. This is so fascinating because I've always understood that riders and their horse are really one unit once you're on that horse, but you are just describing, as you said, like the biofeedback, that we're not Mm -hmm. just talking about physical conditioning, we're not just talking about emotional regulation, we're talking about cognitive development, the skill building with learning how to steer a horse and, Mm -hmm. and sit on the horse the right way, be in the right posture for the different gates. There is so much going on. How do you as an instructor just keep track of all that? <laughs> um, I mean, it can be a lot at times. <laughs> it's it's uh, challenging, you know, when you have multiple riders, but we always try, if we have multiple riders in a lesson, we try and pair the skill level there. And um, I wouldn't necessarily put an adult rider with a four-year-old that wants to play games the whole time because that's just not going to mesh very well. Um, but it's also really fun at the same time when I have two... Um, maybe school-aged kids who are riding together and we're able to do um, a whole game and oftentimes they have one um, rider who loves to make up the game themselves so I'll come into that lesson with a skill that I want to work on and he comes up with the entire game (laughs) Um, and 
So I try to go into the lessons. I always go in with a lesson plan in mind, but with the knowledge that it's most likely going to change halfway through at some point. And that's what Um, a good teacher does. (laughs) So what are some of the games that you play? Um, uh, I was just doing this morning, we were playing musical horses. So this works on reaction time and focus. So we play music and we have a speaker that we use and uh, we play the music, and when the music stops, the person has to tell their horse to whoa. And when I start the music again, they have to tell the horse to walk on. And then the goal is that by the end of that, as we, we progress through that game, that I don't have to do um, physical or verbal cues to remind the rider to whoa the horse when I stop the music. Um, and I had a rider this morning who we did it last week as well. Um, for a couple minutes and by this week he was doing it completely independently wow so it's cool to see that progress Um, but that's one game we we use um, hula hoops sometimes this was one uh, Jacoby one of our other instructors came up with and uh, she called it our dinosaur escape escaped dinosaur game I think we had a bunch of dinosaurs in the arena little tiny stuffed ones and different colored hula hoops and they had to take the dinosaurs and match them to the hula hoops it's the right color um and we had a lot of younger riders who really enjoyed that last week (laughs) so we try and be creative as possible with with games and um, we have a variety that we try to rotate through but we try and be as creative as possible (laughs) having a dinosaur in the riding arena is very creative i would say (laughs) you know it gets a little uh, sketchy at times you got to watch out for the dinosaurs (laughs) Yeah, we don't want any dinosaur casualties, no. do we? No. <laughs> now, there's another part of the lesson, other than riding the horse, which is obviously very important, mm-hmm. that we do, and that involves some of the, the care of the horse. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so we run our lessons in hour-long blocks, and we have a half hour of grooming and a half hour of riding. So in the first half of the lesson, we the rider comes, and they have to go get their grooming bucket. Um, they have to find their horse's grooming bucket, and then they they bring that over and then we have to go get their horse out of the stall um, and they bring that the horse over and we put them on cross ties and they stand in the aisleway while the rider grooms them Um, and then we have to go get the tack that they're going to use that day so pick out their saddle and their reins Um, and the the best part we we switched to this format a few years ago after covid going from Mm -hmm. half hour lessons to hour-long lessons and it's been been a fantastic transition um i've noticed so many more riders becoming very independent um, and they love to be able to get the horse out of the stall out of their stall themselves and knowing which saddle that they're going to use that day and being able to go in and find the tack that they need and the the best part about the addition that we had on the barn put on a couple years ago is the accessible tack room that we have downstairs now. Um, before, our most of our tack was upstairs, and so when we didn't have the hour-long format, but riders wouldn't have been able to go get the tack themselves, and now that we have an accessible tack room downstairs, it's been a fantastic addition to really... Um, help people be as independent as possible right so it's it's independence it's planning it's being organized there's physical stuff Mm -hmm. happening because those saddles can be heavy yes you have to reach up to groom the horse Mm -hmm. and you're also increasing that emotional connection between the rider and the horse all in 30 minutes yeah absolutely we do a lot of 
um, sequencing. Um, we use visual charts to help with um, riders who need more of a visual routine. Um, and I've worked I've worked with this one individual for the past few years. And at the beginning of um, our session working together, we I was getting most of the tack. She was coming with me, but I was getting the tack myself. And now with using a visual visual cues, she's able to find the saddle that she needs, find her saddle pad. And it's taken a couple years, but now she's able to do that independently. And that's just been such a huge step. And even it might seem like it's taken a while, but it's such a fantastic step that she's taken here towards independence. And I love to see those, you know, what some people may see as baby steps, but it's so huge. Absolutely, um, and, and the so confidence—the yeah. confidence she has in that mm-hmm. is going to carry over into everything else that she does. Yes, it's great. And now you talked about um, with me before we started this podcast a story of a person who really got a benefit not with riding, but just sort of connecting with one of our new horses. Can you tell me yeah, about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have—we um, just got a new horse. His name is Spartan. About. Um, just before Halloween, so a couple months ago now. And he's been in training for the past couple months, and he's finally getting to the point where we're ready to start um, using him in lessons. And uh, he'll be he'll be starting in the program in the next couple weeks here probably. But yesterday I had a rider come in, and he had come into the barn a couple minutes before I did, and he was really excited to tell me that he felt like he really connected with this horse. And um, Spartan is not an affectionate horse whatsoever. He does not love to be pet all the time. He doesn't love attention. And this rider was um, just kind of drawn to Spartan, and he walked over to him, and he uh, he told me that he felt like he seemed curious about him. And so he just stood there and watched him for a second. And then um, the horse came over and was just sniffing him a little bit, and my rider said he tried to match his breathing to his and wow. just felt like he really connected to him and the horse ended up relaxing and put his head down and he was scratching his face and he ended up grooming him um the other day and really enjoyed just the connection that he made with this horse and um it was a great it was a great moment to be able to see and just to be able to see the rider getting so much joy and appreciation out of these the horses that we have here. Um, they are such amazing animals that we work with and they have so much to offer. And even a horse that doesn't necessarily want all the attention can create such a connection. Absolutely, and, and that's another example of um, really where I'm sure that rider, his confidence in being able to take a horse, which you, you know say is not really cuddly and have yeah. that horse himself become more relaxed and mm-hmm. more cuddly it's it's amazing just the mutual benefit that happens every single day there absolutely they are just amazing animals to be able to work with so I have to congratulate you because you recently became a certified therapeutic recreation specialist, (laughs) which is a lot of words and a really important credential. Can you tell us briefly what that entails? Yeah, thank you. And um, so I went to SUNY Cortland and studied therapeutic recreation there for four years. And um, it is the act of using recreation as a therapy modality. So using recreation to help individuals reach their goals. It's a really holistic view of um, an individual. So we take and look at an individual's as a whole person versus maybe looking at the 
Um, if it's maybe it's PT, maybe it's an injury they had, or maybe it, if it's a disability, whatever it might be, and looking at a specific part of a person. Um, but with therapeutic recreation, we like to look at the person as a whole and consider their strengths. And I really believe in using a strength-based approach to programming and practice. And so um, having that, this uh, credential now working at the farm has been such a great asset. I was able to use a lot that I learned throughout my um, schooling while I was teaching at the farm before I graduated and now to have all of it culminate here and, and be able to use all of it in practice has been fantastic. It really is fantastic and we're so lucky to have you at the farm and to have this additional skill that you are bringing to us because obviously the riding is a piece of that that recreation and looking at the whole person but there's so much more that we can do and we'll be talking about that in other episodes <laughs> and just everything you're saying about recognizing that our riders everyone that connects with the ri- rise we look at the whole person recreation is part of a full life you are making that happen every day at the farm which is just a magical thing and I just thank you so much for what you do I'm so happy to be here thank you I thank love you. I love what I do and I couldn't be more grateful for the farm and Arise. Thank you. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise, support independence.